Hey guys, Freddie Wills here, freddywills.com, another podcast here, breaking down week five of the college football, and I apologize if there's any audio issues, I'm really not sure if there's going to be uh, something is going on with our podcast app, and I am recording this outside of the podcast, so I have to actually upload the audio, so I apologize if there's any issues with the audio, uh, but before we get into it today... Again, make sure you jump on over to freddywills.com, subscribe to my premium pick newsletter. Uh, Back-to-back losses on that newsletter, so definitely confident in how it's going to turn out this week. Uh, We're still over 60% in the history of that newsletter, so stay tuned for more premium pick news. I always think it's funny when someone (laughs) unsubscribes after a loser. I had like five people unsubscribe um, Sunday morning when, when <laughs> our pick with UNLV didn't, uh, turn out the right way. Uh, so it's, just, it's, it always kind of makes me laugh because, uh, one game sample size is, is, uh, really not, <laughs> not large enough to make judgment so quickly, but, uh, either way, uh, recap last week, six and four against the spreading college, four and two in the NFL, 10 and six week plus 12.8%, uh, third week in a row, we've shown a profit. Uh, 65% against the spread over that time between college and pro. So really strong, plus 36.8%. You know, uh, I'm going to keep the momentum going and offer the same promo package. $99 will get you all of college and pro football for the full week. And uh, it's guaranteed or two weeks free. So make sure you pick that up over at freddywills.com. Fourth week in a row we're offering that. So let's just jump right into it. Best pick of uh, week five was, uh, in my opinion, Washington minus 10.5. We gave that out as our play of the day. And despite it being closer than I wanted, I, I, you know, and I thought I felt like my handicap was spot on. And it was our play of the day winner for the second week in a row. We had Buffalo the week before as a, over a two-touchdown dog, and they went outright against Temple. Uh, in this game, I mentioned that Washington's defensive coordinator, Jimmy Lake's secondary, was going to be ready for this USC offense, running the air raid under um, offensive coordinator Graham Harrell, quarterback from Mike Leach's past. Now, I knew that they'd give up the run a little bit or at least show defensive fronts that would entice USC to run, and USC had you know a great day running the ball. I mean, honestly, they should have probably done it more. They would have been closer in that game because uh, Washington was just – basically letting them run and baiting them into mistakes and USC in that game. I mean, they, I mean, Washington, um, gave up 193 yards rushing 5.51 yards per carry. Um, so actually 6.42 yards per carry. I'm sorry in that game. Uh, but USC just didn't run it enough. And Jimmy's Jimmy Lake's defense really forced Matt Fink into costly interceptions uh that's what I said in my handicap was going to happen actually the last four season this defense going up against Mike Leisha Washington State defense have forced 18 turnovers in four games that's not a misprint and Washington picked them off three times so uh I wouldn't say it was an easy cover it was was definitely a little uh nail biter down down the stretch I really thought Washington's offense which wants to be more aggressive this year was was not as aggressive as I thought they were going to be but um, they got the job done, and it was a winner, best pick of the week. 
for college. Uh, worst pick, Nebraska, <laughs> plus 17. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Uh, Nebraska never got off the bus. or Well, they didn't have to take a bus to this game. Uh, they were home. Uh, you knew it was the wrong pick from the moment the game started. I think Ohio State had something to prove. And one of my reasons for taking Nebraska was probably the reason Ohio State had something to prove. Let's be honest, the last two seasons in this in the same situation, Ohio State went on the road to face a Big Ten opponent from the other division in the Big Ten and lost both those games. They not only lost those games outright, they got their asses kicked uh, last year at Purdue at night and then the year before at Iowa. So I thought Nebraska, a more talented team than those two teams, were going to be able to do the same, replicate the same thing. I knew I was in trouble when I saw um, game day. I caught the end of it, uh, just waiting for the games to come on. And uh, what's the chick's name? Gabrielle Union. Um, she mentions the same damn thing, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and I was like, maybe, maybe I can get out of my bet early. I, I would just not just because she said it, but she said the same exact thing. <laughs> and I thought it was just kind of ironic. And um, I think Ohio State was clearly motivated for that game. Um, and they wanted to prove that you know they're they're not the same team as the last two seasons that lost those games, and look they they dominated uh, in every sense of the word. So uh, that's definitely my worst pick of the week, and uh, bad beat of the week. Uh, this you know I, this little segment that I include every week. I I wish I had a week we could skip, but unfortunately it's it's been you know something that creeps up on us every week I, I swear we've had some brutal bad beats this year maybe I'm not remembering the fortunate wins we've had because it does even out over time I'm not naive to know that you know th- this stuff does even out over time but it just seems like week after week we were on some of the worst bad beats like of of the week last week Houston against Tulane just just a brutal second half we went over that one uh so this week Air Force takes the cake we had Air Force minus 19.5. Now, I usually don't play large favorites like that. Usually it's when I'm on the dogs that we're having a bad beat, but here we go. They're up 31, 41 to 10, four minutes to play. San Jose brings brings in their backup quarterback, and I really should get this guy's name because, I mean, I, I don't understand why this guy's not starting. Uh, I get he's a young – I'm pretty sure uh, he, he could be starting for San Jose. Nick Nash, that's his name, the freshman. Um, <laughs> he comes in, he's – first of all, ton of speed so um Nair Force was like putting pressure on him but he was just kind of rolling out and either taking off or throwing a bullet yeah I mean the, the kid has a cannon uh so watch out for San Jose State I mean Josh Love the senior is playing well so far this season but this guy Nick Nash should probably take over this team before the season's over uh so he throws a 30-yard touchdown pass 41 to 17 okay so I'm sitting there I'm like no problem uh San Jose's gonna go for the onside kick or something um Air Force gets the ball back in their own territory. They go for it on fourth and one. Uh, don't know why, and I'm pretty sure that was their third string quarterback they brought in to run that fourth and one. And, and instead of optioning it out, he he runs the ball, and it's it's this senior quarterback, uh, and he's not very fast. Uh, I guess he. Isaiah Sanders. I'm pretty sure he's the third string because there was another quarterback running the ball in the previous week. Mike Schmidt, I think, was his name. No, Mike Schmidt was the guy that ran the ball. The backup quarterback is Isaiah Sanders. So I, I just – maybe he was – Isaiah Sanders was hurt. I'm not sure. 
uh, what was going on in that game. But either way, they let the other senior quarterback take the the possession, and they go three and out. Why they don't punt fourth and one in your own territory when you're up forty one to seventeen, up twenty four points? I don't understand. But um, you know, obviously Troy Calhoun doesn't have money on the spread on this game. So uh, San Jose State gets the ball back with a minute thirty five left, and uh, you know, obviously this this quarterback again um, throws. And scores another touchdown. As soon as they went for it on fourth and one and didn't get it, um, I knew we weren't covering. So bad bet beat of the week. I'm sure we'll have another one this week. That's just the way it goes. Um, maybe I can start adding uh, a fortunate bet of the week. Uh, bets I regret not taking. Uh, it was a big dog week, so there's a few that actually made the list. Hawaii being one of them. Uh, I, I had a strong lean towards Hawaii. My algorithms loved Hawaii, plus two and a half um, at Nevada. Uh, I just didn't really understand why they were underdogs. Uh, they covered the spread here by 53 points, 54 to three. Now, I, you know, I heard others, guys that I talked to that that actually had Nevada as a lean, so they kind of talked me off of Hawaii. And uh, part of their handicap was really the weather. And I mean, that can't be the one thing you look at. Well, it was supposed to be cold, I guess. And you know, obviously Hawaii not used to playing the cold. Blah blah blah. Um, honestly, I should have taken Hawaii. That was my bad regret of the week. Others included Utah, who won and covered the spread by 20 points. Auburn covered the spread by 22. I did get it in a teaser before the game started, and unfortunately I can't give out uh, – I don't like to give out those plays. Um, if anything, I, I put them on Twitter um, as leans. Um, you know, Once that line dropped to 7.5 before game time, Auburn-Mississippi State, I found something else to tease it with. Uh, offhand, I can't remember what I – teased it with but um uh they end up going on to win 56 to 23 didn't even need to tease it but i thought that that was outrageous that the line dropped from 10 and a half to seven and a half didn't make sense to me uh we scooped up that value right away so moving on to misleading finals uh and and there's a lot to get to here i have one two three four five six seven eight nine ten misleading finals and then we'll go over some other game notes um so a lot to get to on today's podcast. So I apologize if there's any audio issues. Hopefully this everything sounds great. Uh, definitely um, send me a note on Twitter um, or Instagram and let me know. Navy did not cover against Memphis and as an 11-point dog after leading 20-7 to in the second quarter. Yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate enough I decided to pass. I did. This was another one. I leaned Navy. Um, and then after looking at the game, I, I kind of was waiting for Memphis to to drop if if possible to under 10 points and I was maybe going to take them but in and in, in the end I decided to pass and thank god I did um you know Navy gave up way too many big plays in this game they gave up a 99 yard touchdown return a 75 yard touchdown run a 73 73 yard pass while they scored just three points in the second half as the veteran Memphis defense definitely made some halftime adjustments to defend the triple option Navy was plus 20, 72 yards in this game, had 20 first downs to Memphis's 12, but, I mean, the first down thing isn't anything crazy. I, I, the way I look at it is Memphis is a big play offense, and Navy does give up big plays, so I don't read too much into that. Um, but Navy could not convert on two fourth downs and add in their two turnovers, and that's a total of four times they gave the ball to Memphis. Uh, so a little bit misleading, but... 
this is the usual now that all these teams are going for it on fourth down and um you're gonna you're gonna see probably more of these misleading finals because if if a team doesn't convert on fourth down uh it's gonna be become a very big part of the game and something that uh, you got to handicap in these games um the teams that that can convert on fourth downs versus the teams that can't and typically these service academies because they're so used to going for them are able to uh, but I, f- I figure if you have a week to prepare for the triple option the one thing you want to look at, look at is trying to defend all uh, those fourth down plays and I think you can you c- can be pretty successful if you can defend those short yardage uh, downs against uh, any of the service academies Wisconsin um, they beat Northwestern 24 to 15 and in um, you know this was misleading for a few different reasons um, I had Northwestern uh, plus 14 and a half in the first half was able to get that um, hook at uh, I think minus 115 odds thought it was great value uh, all these big favorites are their um, favorites in the first half are a little bit uh, inflated because all these teams like Alabama and Clemson are, are covering with ease in the first half and then kind of like taking their players out in the second half uh, Wisconsin doesn't do that Wisconsin typically starts slow Northwestern I felt uh, definitely has had success defending North uh, Wisconsin, and and they've been truly one of the most successful teams at defending Jonathan Taylor. Uh, so you know the seven to three at half didn't surprise me. I actually, bet the money line in the first half. I think I got plus eight fifty odds. Um, so you know obviously that was great uh, that that came through. But the the total game was a little bit misleading. Northwestern had more yards by 12 and more first downs, 21 to 13 Northwestern turned the ball over three times and they were one for two on fourth down in the game while giving up a fumble for a touchdown in a key moment in the third quarter. The game was seven to three Northwestern ball. And, uh, they got a strip. The, the quarterback went to pass. He didn't see the defender coming and, uh, knocked the ball out and returned it for a touchdown, making the game 14-3. to So that was really the game right there. Otherwise, you know, Northwestern, if they kept sticking around, they would have maybe had a chance in the fourth quarter. Uh, and like I said, for the third year in a row, Jonathan Taylor kept in check by this Northwestern defense. Uh, I definitely think it's a scheme. Um, you know, Pat Fitzgerald knows how to defend, um, and I think he is a better coach than Paul Christ, and it definitely has shown in this matchup in the past. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind next year when these two face off against each other again. This week, Wisconsin gets Kent State and uh, this week, and Michigan State on deck, so I'm, I'm hoping for a big win. They're 37-point favorites. I'm obviously not going to touch that. Uh, I think Kent State's coming off a bye, off a huge win themselves, uh, but we can hopefully look to back Michigan State because I think Joe Jack Cohn, uh, the Wisconsin quarterback, you know, he didn't look great against Northwestern. And when you can stop that run and you put the game on his shoulders, I don't think that's a good thing. And obviously Michigan State is is very capable of doing that. The only problem is what is Michigan State going to have left after playing Ohio State uh, this week? Uh, Cone looked very limited in that game against Northwestern, and uh, who's get they were getting great pressure on him. So um, Northwestern, on the other hand, in the big dog role again at Nebraska, and they will be in that role over the next three games. So uh, if you want to take them, I, I don't know that this is a great time to take them because, you know, they just had a great effort against a physical football team in Wisconsin, and, and Nebraska pretty much took last game off against Ohio State. Uh, and, and we're getting probably a smaller line than we would have if uh, Nebraska had been a little bit more competitive. So i probably pass on that game just because I don't think we're getting line value. 
Buffalo lost to Miami, Ohio, twenty to thirty-four. Despite um, they, despite outgaining them by one hundred thirty-three yards, the key here was they were minus four turnovers in the game. They had ten penalties for one hundred three yards, so that obviously set them behind the line of scrimmage. Buffalo, outside the first half against Penn State, has not played well on the road. Miami, Miami, Ohio had only two hundred sixty-five yards in this game. Buffalo going back at home this this week in the dog roll against Ohio. Ohio getting 86% of the early money, chasing the spread up to th- three and a half. So Buffalo is going to be a three and a half point home dog, which at that point, I have to say I lean on Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo, very strong team in the trenches. I expect they'll play a close game in what could decide the Mac East division. Miami, Ohio on a bye this week. Uh, and so nothing there, but I do lean Buffalo plus three and a half. I want to see if uh, the line has moved anymore. No, it's still sitting at three and a half. So this line's moved two full points. I don't really understand why. Uh, Buffalo should have beaten Miami, Ohio. And because they didn't and they lost by 14 points, I think we're getting a little value. And especially with them going back at home. Like Ohio lost to Lafayette this past week. Or actually, that's the thing. Ohio's got to buy. Uh, so, but... Look, Ohio's in the past they've been very good on in the run defense. This year they're not not so much. Their last two games against Marshall and Lafayette, they've given up uh, 590 yards over six yards per carry. So I think Buffalo can run the ball in that game, and I think that will keep the game close. Central Michigan was able to get the cover for us at plus 17. But it should have been much closer. I, I know some people will say, "Look, Western Michigan was up thirty-one to nothing in that game. Like you were lucky to cover." Uh, to me, I watched the entire game and I completely disagree. Uh, Central Michigan kept going for it on fourth down. They were unable to convert, going just one for four. They turned the ball over three additional times. A lot of times in uh, opponent territory. I still think Central Michigan has value. As look, they outgained Western Michigan in this one, four thirty-seven to four thirty-two and had 31 first down to Western Michigan's 22. But because Central Michigan got the backdoor cover, many are probably thinking the game was far different. But CMU was able to move the ball pretty well between the 30s. Central Michigan had trouble on the perimeter on defense with Western Michigan's speed. But other than that, they played well defensively. Uh, you know, Western Michigan at Toledo this week, and you know I see 75% of the early money on Western Michigan taking the line down from plus four to two and a half. You know, I don't know that I agree with that. I'll probably pass on the game only because Toledo did just face and and beat a physical BYU team. But um, yeah, I don't know if I'm sold on Western Michigan like everybody else. You know, I, I definitely can see the talent, but their defense is not very good in my opinion. Central Michigan, a seven-point dog at home against Eastern Michigan, and I think they can win that game outright. You know, I want to wait for some injury updates on their defensive line, but it's 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 definitely a game I think that they can win, although Eastern Michigan is coming off a bye, so that might make me, you know, think twice about it. Um, but I really, once I see the injuries for Central Michigan, uh, I, you know, I'll make a better decision. Boston College, uh, another game against Wake Forest here where it's showing up on my misleading finals. You know, they did get the cover. I gave out Boston College as a premium play, plus 6.5. They lose the game by 3, but the stats indicate that they should have won this game as they outgained Wake Forest, 533-440. to But again, turnovers killed us. Three turnovers. You know, I, I knew BC would be just fine with this game with the talent that they have on offense and the leadership and a quality coach. 
Um, you know, I think there there's still going to be some value to fade Wake Forest in the future, in my opinion. You know, they're they're getting pretty close to creeping up into the top twenty five. And I heard, <laughs> I heard on uh, I had I tune into Vsin in my car on Sirius Radio because it's just sometimes I don't agree with a lot of the stuff they say. Uh, sometimes you get some good information. I do like the Lombardi line. I think he is very uh, knowledgeable. Obviously, being a previous GM and. Uh, very close to some coaches in the league, and a lot of what he says is, you know, very good. I, I like his NFL stuff. Uh, I don't even know who was talking this night. I just came back with my um, wife and my son. We went to Dairy Queen to get some ice cream, and on the way back, somebody said, oh, yeah, Wake Forest. The check, check out their schedule. Uh, they, they could win out and be in the college football playoff because <laughs> they have Louisville at home, Florida State at home, NC State at Virginia Tech. At Clemson, they're, they're going to lose. They have Duke at home and then at Syracuse. I mean, they're going to lose three games in that mix there. Um, I, <laughs> I just couldn't believe that. That someone thought that they, they could get to the college football play. Yeah, sure, if they won out. The ACC sucks this year. It's terrible. Um, they could technically maybe get there, but I, I, I'm sorry. It's not happening. This, this Wake Forest team is overrated, in my opinion. Their offense is great. Uh, really, they haven't played any good offense, like top tier offenses, uh, and they probably won't till Florida State. So, very interested to see what happens there. But yeah, Boston College. Um, I think uh, there's still value to be had on Boston College. The one thing I'm worried about is Wake Forest actually converted 17 of 24 on third down. That is a huge concern. <laughs> uh, and um, Boston College going on the road this week to face Louisville, four-and-a-half-point dog. Boston College actually getting 91% of the money in the early going, and the line has not moved a bit. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not so sure I want to rush to back BC on the road. You know, I'm high on this Louisville team, and I don't know if I can trust BC on the road. So it's going to be a pass for me, most likely, especially seeing how they – could not get off the field against Wake Forest. And Wake Forest, like I mentioned, they have a bye, then they face Louisville. So it'll be very this this game. PC versus Louisville probably be a good learning um game for me. Georgia Tech uh was our free play and the twenty four to two final was a bit misleading. Georgia Tech had an eighteen to seventeen first down edge in this game. Uh they were only minus seventeen yards in the game. They had a turnover, a really key turnover in the first half with a fumble on the goal line that ended up being a 14-point swing. Uh, to, to me, that was a turning point in the game, and it was, it was almost like Georgia Tech gave up. Uh, nobody's going to want to back Georgia Tech this week after seeing the final to Temple 24-2 and then North Carolina almost upsetting Clemson. Uh, but it was clear to me that uh, the Temple players really wanted to stick it to their old coach. I, I know they like the guy, but obviously they're going to play hard going against them and for me, I, I think I handicapped that game wrong. I thought that <clears throat> Georgia Tech with the extra time to prepare was going to be, you know, prepared for. But in hindsight, maybe, you know, Georgia Tech's coaching staff didn't prepare like too much because they, they, you know, hey, we know this team, Temple. We know the players. We know what they're going to do. Look, let's spend our time on North Carolina this week. I have no idea if that's what they're doing. I don't talk to coaches, but I'm just thinking now after watching that game that maybe that's what was going on. Um, uh, so we have a buy low, sell high situation here. North Carolina almost upset Clemson, the number two, number one team in the country. And then Georgia Tech got plummeted by a group of five team temple, temple 24 to two. So 
North Carolina laying 10 here on the road. I don't agree with it. I This team has been in close games week after week. They just come off the game against Clemson. Very emotional game. Uh, now they have to go on the road to play Georgia Tech, who uh, they probably feel like they should be able to walk right over. So for me, there's value on Tech plus 10, and I'm probably going to wait that one out because – and I'm not telling you that I'm definitely on it, but I, I mean the Lions moved two points to plus 10. If I can get plus 10.5 or – Something like that might be worth a, a look. Virginia, uh, I leaned Virginia, almost made it an official play. I was actually waiting, you know, it was 12 and a half like all week. I was waiting for a 13. I, I never saw a 13. I, I'm sure one book got there, but I never saw a 13, so I didn't end up playing. I actually went the other way, 10 and a half, 10, because, uh, you know, there was a lot of people that were high on Virginia, but I'm glad I didn't play it. Even though Virginia was the right side, nine times out of 10, they're going to cover that game in that situation, but they had five turnovers that Notre Dame clearly benefited from um, as it led to at least 14 points. Virginia was up 17-14 at the half, opened up the second half with an onside kick that they recovered. I absolutely love that. You're up already three points. You know, you got the the defense or the kick returning team. There's no way they're going to do an onside kick here. They're already in control of this game. They're up three points, and uh, Virginia tried to steal possession, and it worked out. They recovered it, but they could not score. They turned the ball over. Um, you know, they outgained Notre Dame in this game, 338 to 322. You know, so I have some major questions about Notre Dame moving forward. And, it, you know, look, Notre Dame is going to be favored in their games the rest of the way. Uh, I mean, I don't see anybody that's going to be favored against Notre Dame. So there's definitely going to be opportunities to make money baiting Notre Dame. In my opinion, they're going to trip up here again. Uh, you know, they get USC at home. They're at Michigan. Uh, right now at Michigan, I think they're probably a small favorite, maybe a one-point favorite. Uh, Virginia Tech at home, at Duke, at Duke game could be very challenging. Um, and then they're at Stanford later. Maybe Stanford gets healthy and gets their shit together. Um, I, I doubt it. But the USC and the Michigan game are going to be the two that are trouble. And then at Duke is also going to be a challenging game for Notre Dame. Uh, they're lucky because they get that game before Navy um, and after Virginia Tech, who is right now Virginia Tech, I mean, uh, they might as well just – put Bud Foster out of his mercy and just let him retire because that's that's a joke up there. Uh, but this week might be a nice spot for uh, Notre Dame to take a breather mentally and physically, playing Bowling Green. They're 45.5-point favorites. Um, I don't know if I'm bold enough to, to, to take it. I'd really have to look back at... Um, Brian Kelly's history and what he does with his players, but um, it's a pretty good uh, sandwich spot with USC on deck. Uh, USC team very capable of coming in here and getting a win. Uh, although uh, we we know Clay Helton as an underdog, uh, three and twelve against the spread, so that's not going to be something I'm going to be predicting. But um, uh, Notre Dame here might be just trying to get through. Um, if you remember last year, they they played another MAC team. Um, Ball State, and they struggled. Uh, Notre Dame won 24-16, but that Ball State team was not good. They went 4-8 and eight a season ago. So, uh, again, I'm going to dig a little deeper on that, but Bowling Green definitely a lean this week. we got three more games that I consider misleading. App State 56-37 over Coastal Carolina. This is misleading for the amount of points that App State is scoring. Uh, 430 total yards, and they scored 56 points. I think we might have some value on the under. Uh, maybe when the weather gets a little bit bad, I, I still think we're going to have some inflated totals. 
Uh, I, I don't know that I'm running to do it this week, but um, App State, number three in the nation behind Oklahoma and Alabama in points per play. They're averaging .756 points per play. Uh, they were .516 last year, so a huge jump uh, so far this season. And part of that is they're not playing any defenses worth mentioning. Um, Charlotte doesn't play defense. Coastal Carolina doesn't play defense. Eastern Tennessee State doesn't play defense. Uh, they played North Carolina, scored 34 points. Um, but if I recall, that was a little misleading when I looked at it last week. So um, interesting to see what App State does moving forward. Um, believe they got a bye this week, and then they are at Louisiana Lafayette. We'll, can run the ball. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting game. Oregon State here. Oh, man, they just can't get over the hump against Stanford. I actually wanted to play Oregon State, uh, but the line just dropped too much, and you know, I, I honestly didn't get to the game in time to really be able to give it a deep dive. I don't just, you know, I, I spent over an hour on all these games. So uh, when I look at it, I try to look at it from all angles, situations. Uh, or, or, and the other thing was Stanford was recommended from, from my algorithms to be a lean. And so um, while I personally liked Oregon State, my algorithms disagreed with me. Uh, obviously, the algorithms do not take into – consideration injuries which Stanford has a ton of I'm glad they didn't because you know Stanford was up big in that game um I mean Oregon State ended up covering the spread they lose by three uh but but this was misleading I mean this is typical Stanford but Oregon State outgained them by 148 yards and you know I I still think this Oregon State team is a dangerous uh, they were plus 10 in first downs in this game they got themselves in a 28 point hole in this game and this is just typical Stanford getting outgained but winning the game. So I guess it really shouldn't be in the misleading box score because they've been doing that this impact 12 play on a consistent basis. And, uh, you know, there's no way I could back Stanford moving forward, that's for sure. They play Washington this week. It's a 14.5-point home dog. And if, if that goes under 14, I might be a buyer on Washington again whose offense wants their offense wants to play aggressive. 85% of the money is on Oregon State this week as an eight and a half point road dog at UCLA and that line's dropped down to five and a half. You know, I agree with the line move. I think Oregon State is, you know, a desperate team for a conference win while UCLA could not beat Arizona, uh who was without their two best players last week. So uh that news came out late. Um and that lat line dropped uh four points with the uh, Khalil Tate out and the run running back uh Taylor. I think his name is Taylor, J.J. Uh, Taylor, yeah. So um, that was interesting that UCLA still couldn't win. <laughs> Final misleading game from last week, Western Kentucky at UAB. They had just 222 yards of total offense, and they beat UAB 20-13. to UAB's offense struggled as well, only 298 yards, but... It was their four turnovers that cost them in this game, along with one being one for three on fourth down. I, again, these fourth down conversions are killing some of these teams. Now, I don't understand why teams with limited offenses and good defenses or are going up against a limited offense are going for it on fourth down. If you're holding a team to 222 yards, should you be going for it on fourth down? I really thought that that cost UAB this game. I just don't understand it. 
when you, I get the whole analytics and there are situations that make sense and there are some games that make sense, but in this game, you should not be going for it on fourth down. I don't think we've seen so many fourth down attempts and, and it's the idea of this analytics driving it. And I don't even know if all the coaches know the actual statistics behind it because they're just going for it no matter what it seems. Um, Whatever. I can't really figure these. T- I, and again, all these, there's so many people that talk about all the analytics. You got to go for it on fourth down there. All right, tell me what the the freaking stats say. Like, can you give me a number of the situation? I just feel like people are saying because it's like a buzz, trendy thing to say, and it's it's really getting on my fucking nerves. To be honest, this uh, the analytics, and I you know I do look at some statistics and and analytics, but uh, you know I don't I'm not all gung ho. It's it's the end all be all like some people, but um, it's it's one of the things that drive me nuts on Twitter. But whatever. Um. What was I saying? I lost my train of thought because I just went off on a tantrum. Tantrum. Um, yeah, I, I can't really figure these two teams out, so I'm I'm just gonna wait and see how they play in conference play. Western Kentucky and UAB. That is. Uh, so so nothing for me moving forward. Some other games that I thought. Um, I had some notes. Uh, I would say careful of fading Virginia Tech after their 45 to 10 drubbing at home as a short favorite by Duke. I don't think there's ever been a lower value put on this Virginia Tech team. 13-and-a-half dogs against Miami this week who barely beat Central Michigan at home. Um, I don't really understand that spread. Uh, what has Miami done? Like, I get we're, we're just off of a Friday night game where everyone saw Duke take it to Virginia Tech on Virginia Tech's turf. Uh, for Virginia Tech, getting away from home is probably a good thing right now. Uh right. I have to look at the game and see what's going on over down in Virginia Tech. I don't, I don't think I can play them, but I, I, I mean, gun to my head, I think thirteen and a half points at Miami. Miami coming off a bye, um, you know, I would probably lean that way. Uh, Duke, on the other hand, maybe getting too much credit following this win. Um, I mean, it's come down a bit, but Duke, uh, five point favorite. I saw five and a half, and now it's down to four. Um at home against Pitt and and maybe because Pitt just struggled against a FCS team in Delaware. Uh, so I think we're getting tremendous value with Pitt this week. Lean leaning Pitt plus the points. I uh, wouldn't be shocked if, if that's going to be a play for me. You have played on Pitt a bunch of times this year already uh, with success uh, against Penn state against Ohio. So uh, Pitt probably going to be a play this week. Uh Penn State really took Maryland behind the woodshed on Friday night. I had leaned on Penn State before the game, but really didn't know much about the team. And, you know, I felt, I feel, I feel like I still don't. Uh, I think Maryland is just a bad team. And James Franklin certainly doesn't like to take his foot off the gas against Maryland, a team that he competes with in recruiting. I, I think it's really smart of Franklin. Uh, you know, they're both recruiting the same area. I mean, what team do you you got a five star, four star guy sitting there? Uh, hey, I mean, do you wanna do you wanna go play for Maryland? I mean, we we beat them. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's like 175 to 20 the last three years. Do you wanna be part of that ass whooping? Uh, I think it's 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 a smart play to that. Those are the type of situations where I don't mind when a team runs it up. I mean, stop us. Here, Penn State, 27.5-point favorite at home against Purdue, and it's 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 not a game at night, and, you know, they have a road game at Iowa on deck. I mean, I I get what's going on with Purdue. Uh, Purdue, 
and this game's up to 28, 28 and a half. And I know Penn State loves running the score up, but I'd be real careful with this game. I mean, you're not getting line value. And the the guys out for Purdue with Sindelar and their uh, star wide receiver. Why can't I remember his name? Probably because I haven't watched a Purdue game this year. Um, is out. Ron, Rondale Moore. They're both out. Um, look, Jeff Brom's a good coach. Uh, I don't know. You know, I really don't know. Does uh, Does James Franklin have respect for him? Does he want to kick him while he's down? Does Penn State just want to get out of here and be ready for a bigger game next week at Iowa and then Michigan at home the following week and, and be healthy? Um I kind of lean towards them not running this game up, and I think we're getting a ton of line value. Uh, so I think that spreads out of whack, personally. Arkansas, Texas A&M. A very interesting game on neutral field. Texas A&M failed miserably to co- uh, cover a 23.5 point spread. And Arkansas had chances to win this game late. A&M seemed like they were in a hangover spot after losing in their game of the year against Auburn at home. Uh, these two typically do play close games. Uh, now back-to-back weeks, A&M not playing well. Arkansas was plus 55 yards in this game, plus one in turnover margin. Arkansas lost their quarterback, Nick Starkle, in this game. And, and that's when it seemed like the entire team picked up their play um, and rallied behind uh, the backup. Uh, so it'd be very interesting to see what happens with this team next. I, I, you know, I can't buy in on Arkansas though after losing to San Jose State the week before. A and M, obviously now they have a bye. They get to regroup. Uh, they'll have Alabama coming to town. Uh, only problem is Alabama, only a thirteen point road favorite right now for next week's game, which I expect to go over fourteen. So if you like Alabama, take them now. Um, I, you know. I was high on A&M coming in. I think everybody was. I still think you have some people that are very high on them. I, I don't know. Uh, Kellen Mond's not been impressive, home or away, um, against top defenses. So I'm definitely interested to look at, break that that game down. And um, I honestly, I think Alabama, any under two touchdowns is a steal um, right now. Um, you might want to jump on that right away. TCU bounced back and throttled Kansas. They had 625 yards to 159. You know, this is a dangerous TCU team. If they can find a quarterback, they play two quarterbacks again in this game. And for Kansas, if you can get an early lead on Kansas and force them to be a passing team or stop the run right from the start, you you should dominate them. Uh, they, they really don't have a great passing game. Their 14 points were all in the fourth quarter in garbage time. Kansas will likely be in a big hole this week against Oklahoma, I think. It's a huge spread that they're going to be asked to cover uh, the week before they face Texas, which makes it a pass for me. Otherwise, I'd probably be playing Oklahoma here. Uh, TCU goes on the road to face Iowa State, three-and-a-half-point dog to Iowa State. You know, I have a future on TCU, over seven-and-a-half wins. So, um, in, in a way, I'm already on this game with TCU to win the game outright. Uh, TCU losing to SMU a couple weeks ago really killed me. Um, I'll be watching this game. I, I do lean TCU, anything over a field goal. Um, you know, I faded Iowa State last week at Baylor and won, and you know, I came away less than impressed with Iowa State, to say the least. I, I That was a difficult situation with the heat down there. That was in my handicap, 
and uh, Baylor was able to steal the game at the end with a field goal. Um, whether they made that field goal or not, we were going to cover, so uh, that was a good feeling to be in. But, um, yeah, I, I was not impressed with Iowa State. Clemson, this is the last game. Uh, barely got by North Carolina 21-20. to you know, They have one of these every year, I'll say that. Everyone's freaking out now about Clemson. Uh, this really typically s- sets up for great value for backing Clemson moving forward. They didn't play well to start the season last year either, but after the scare against Syracuse, this team went on to win by 60 points, 34 points, 49 points, 61 points, all to Power 5 ACC opponents. Clemson has a bye right now, and then they will have a ton of time to think about this before getting Florida State at home. Uh, you know, I think there's going to be I, – I, let me see if there's a line out there for that game. I mean, if Florida State plays well again, I think Florida State has a bye too, though. Uh, right now, Clemson's a 24.5-point favorite, so I, I can't get too excited about that. But um, UNC is getting too much credit for that, and, and we already – for that game, and I already talked about it being a 10-point – road favorite at Georgia Tech. I honestly don't know how much UNC has left in the tank at this point with all their close losses and close games looking ahead to their bye week possibly. Um, you know, I don't – they've, they've got to feel like they've already achieved something this year. So um, I, I could totally see Georgia Tech getting up, getting up in this game and then uh, North Carolina coming back in the fourth quarter – uh, making it a game and and possibly stealing it, but um, uh, so I definitely lean Georgia Tech again this week. Uh, that wraps up today's podcast. Thanks guys for listening. Sorry if there's any audio issues. Uh, I try to do the best. I don't I don't know what's going on with my podcast app, but hopefully they figure it out in the next couple of days, and uh, we'll try to get another podcast up on Friday. All right. Uh, good luck this week, and again, make sure you check out the promo. Uh, $99 gets you the full week college and pro going for a fourth week in a row with this package and a fourth week of profit. Uh, feeling very good about this, this, uh, upcoming week. So check it out at freddywills.com.